On Wednesday, February 12th, Governor Kevin Stitt and Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell unveiled a new brand for the state of Oklahoma. We recently sat down with the Lieutenant Governor to hear about the process behind it and his efforts to bring tourists to Oklahoma. That and more is up next on the RFP. Hello, and welcome to our second episode of the RFP. I'm your host, Jake Searock. Today, I'm joined with Vahid Farazana. Hello. And Kelly Gann. Good morning. There are interviewers, and our guest today is Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell. Lieutenant Governor, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we just wanted to go ahead and start off with a little bit lighter topics with a few rapid-fire questions, so just one sure. to two-word answers. Okay. So we'll start with, who's your favorite famous Oklahoman? Will Rogers. Will Rogers. I, I think it's tough to beat Will. Uh, your favorite board game? Oh, man. Well, I've got four kids, so Candyland is something that I play <laughs> way too much these days. Okay. That's funny. Favorite TV show? Uh, favorite TV show, Growing Pains, was probably one of my favorite shows growing up. Yeah. Uh, favorite hobbies? Uh, I, you know, I love, um, uh, play a lot of golf, uh, running, you know, running, uh, doing a lot of running these days. We saw um, the marathon pitchers with yeah, Sasquatch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I love, uh, we love camping as well. So I camping, hiking, things okay. like that. Favorite caffeinated beverage. Well, uh, coffee, coffee. Uh, that's got a lot of caffeine. In it. <laughs> um, uh, coffee's right up there. All right. Well, that's all we have, so I'm trying to toss oh, over to that. Okay, well, that's all right? Yeah. And that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. Uh, we're going to toss it over to Vahid, and he's going to ask you some further questions. Good. So I'm going to take it back to the beginning. Sure. So tell us a little bit about your journey on becoming lieutenant governor. You know, uh, live in Tulsa, so Tulsa guy, and, and uh, grew up in the Tulsa area. Um, I was an advertising major in college, so the plan was, you know, to enter the public relations advertising world. I actually, interned at Ackerman and McQueen uh, in college, uh, and started. I, I always kind of liked politics, um, uh, but didn't know that I was going to end up doing it for a living. Uh, but but was uh, you know in student council and was student council president. It was at uh, Metro Christian Academy when I was in high school, and then when I went to college, ended up getting a minor in government. And, and really just, I, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed politics. I, I enjoyed, uh, I'm a people person, like being around people. And uh, and so I started, I interned uh, again. I was with, with, with Ackerman a few days a week, but I started working on a couple political campaigns. And I just got it, you know, in the bloodstream, so to speak, and, and really just liked working for people that I thought, you know, wanted to do it the right way. I could use that public relations and advertising expertise in politics. And that's what I started doing. I, I worked on one campaign and then worked on another campaign. And then um, when when Lisa and I, my, my wife and I graduated, got married, we moved to D.C. Uh, for a few years. And then really, and you know, it just, just kind of totally immersed myself into just kind of the political world, building relationships, uh, moved back to Oklahoma after a couple of years to start a family. Uh, ran to be the state uh, Republican Party chairman, and it was the youngest state chairman in the country uh, at that time, uh, which, you know, just helped me develop relationships across the state of Oklahoma. So I always felt like at some point the, the politics would be over and I would go <laughs> back into the private sector. And it just one thing continued to lead to the next. Um, you know, worked for, again, the state party, then I worked for the national party. So I was in all 50 states in the country. Uh, in 2016, 2017, uh, into 2018 as well. And uh, we did not want to move to D.C. With, again, we have four kids in the, in the Jinx Public School District. 
And really, at you know, kind of 2018, 2019, kind of started thinking, hey, maybe it's time for me to run for office if there was a position that really spoke to me. And that was lieutenant governor. Uh, I, I wasn't running for an office just to find something to run for. The lieutenant governor position, that sales and marketing director for the state, I, I just said, hey, in a lot of ways, it's my dream job. Uh, I've said that. And uh, no previous lieutenant governor uh, can can say that, uh, that they ran to be lieutenant governor, uh, that it was their dream job. But for me, I just saw this position um, could really be leveraged uh, in that way to really be the sales and marketing director uh, from from a branding perspective and tourism. Um, it's everything that I love to do every day anyway. Uh, and now to do it inside of state government, it's a real blessing. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So session started yesterday. Yes. It's a busy day at the Capitol. What does that mean for your office and for your role as Lieutenant Governor outside of the tourism and the branding realm? Yeah, so I'm president of the state Senate. I don't I don't preside over the Senate every day, um, and I'm glad that I don't. Um, I, I could uh, talk to Greg Treat and come in and, and, and preside when I want to. I preside over joint sessions. So I presided over the joint session of uh, Governor Stitt's State of the State Address. Uh, I'm here a lot. Um, you know, there, there is legislation that I care about that we're pushing. Um, every, every legislative session, we're pretty involved. Because I have a good relationship with members, I've known them for a while, uh, I can also be helpful to the governor in, in, in his agenda. Uh, so we're, we're at the state capitol a number of days a week, but, but I don't have to preside every day. So I, I try not to get caught into just taking meetings to take meetings, just to stay busy. That, that, that's not effective. Uh, so when we're here, we're trying to stay in our lanes of tourism, branding campaign, uh, economic development, small business growth and entrepreneurship or other issues that I, that I have authority over. I try to stay in those lanes. And then when I don't have those meetings here at the Capitol, I'm in communities across the state of Oklahoma uh, because there's 77 counties in the state and someone has to be out there uh, communicating uh, with those local communities and helping those local communities. Um, you know, the other really big issue that I'm really involved in, when it, which takes a lot of my time to being in these communities, is really our, our Main Street program through our Department of Commerce. Revitalizing Main Streets, uh, bringing back um, uh, those vibrant Main Streets in rural communities is very important to us. That also sells really well right now from a tourism perspective. That's what, that's what you know, um, the tourists are looking for really those authentic American experiences, and you can get those in our main in, in, down our, in our main streets. So it's revitalizing, you know, movie theaters and uh, bringing again museums and the arts to to towns, uh, trail systems. I mean, those are things that I'm actually passionate about. And you have not had a statewide elected official that's really focused on those issues in a long time. Uh, and and so I'm really again blessed that that I have the ability and authority to to talk about those things. So last year was your first session as lieutenant governor. How is this year going to be different? You know, the first year, again, we usually try to pick one or two pieces of legislation uh, each session. So last session, it really revolved around our film industry in Oklahoma, uh, which, you know, we could talk for an hour about our (laughs) our growing uh, film industry. And it's just fascinating what's going on here. Um, you know, because of the streaming e- uh, economy, it, really what I would call it, Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all the rest, we have so much content being created. Every sound stage in America is full. Atlanta is kind of the new Hollywood. Every sound stage is full. 
Albuquerque kind of jumped on this a number of years ago and then said, hey, we're going to do this. Now Netflix signed a half a billion dollar contract with the city of Albuquerque to fill up all their sound stages. Wow. Oklahoma, center of the country, why not? Uh, why not Oklahoma? So the last session, we doubled our rebate, our movie rebate, uh, that uh, is money that we give to film companies if they film in Oklahoma. We get, a good, we get a good ROI on this. This is not a handout that we're not getting money back. We get money back on every single one of those films, but we do give them a rebate. Uh, you know, They give us their receipts and essentially we rebate them money. And it's been very effective for us, but our rebate was very low. So we doubled it from $4 million to $8 million annually. And that helped us get Killers of the Flower Moon. I saw uh, the confirmation last yes. week. That is huge news for Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, if, you, if those listening have not read Killers of the Flower Moon, read the book uh, because uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, you may have heard of those people. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> two. they will be in uh, Pahuska for about three to four months filming this and dropping about $100 million in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, they'll be getting a rebate on that movie, but we will be making a whole lot more money on it. We're going to go find them. Take yeah, pictures of, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Oklahomans will be working on that film. Lots of Oklahoma. Building a workforce. Uh, we have a film academy now that, mm-hmm. that was just announced a few weeks ago, Richard and Amy Janes, yes. uh, which would be a great interview, by the way, oh, yeah. uh, just rock stars here locally. We're working with the Atlanta uh, film st- uh, academy. We're using their curriculum. So the sky's the limit. I, I firmly believe that with um, uh, with the film and television industry because of the streaming services. There's so much content, billions and billions of dollars uh, being spent. And Oklahoma is prime. 12 different ecosystems. Uh, I mean, right in the middle of the country. Uh, we, we could be the next hotbed for film and television production. So the, it went from $4 million to eight million. Yes. Do you see that increasing it more? Could. Is there a goal for it, it? Could I mean this session? I don't foresee. There, there's a few legislators that have uh, not a rebate but a tax credit. Uh, Jason Dunnington is working on some legislation. You know, really for us, it's you know the the three legged stool: workforce, uh, film academy, which we now have, but soundstage. So soundstage infrastructure is the next big piece for us. We have to have soundstage infrastructure. Uh, there's a few tribes. In Oklahoma, that are that are thinking about that, Cherokees and Chickasaws mm-hmm. both have amazing uh, visions for for film and television. Uh, particularly, uh, Cherokees uh, are looking at soundstage. They're probably the most aggressively looking at soundstage infrastructure, uh, and we thank them for that because it costs a whole lot of money to build those. But if you build it, they will come, mm-hmm. uh, and we have to have sound stages. Absolutely, and that's been in the works for many many years. It has. Yes. But, so that Spring was last year. session. Uh, mm-hmm. Last session for you know this session. Um, you know, marketing dollars for our branding effort, marketing dollars, more marketing dollars for our tourism promotional fund. Those are things that, that we're really going after. Every other agency needs money too. But if we don't have money to invite people to the state, then they'll go other places. And, and that's just unacceptable to me that, that uh, people would be spending tourism dollars in Arkansas instead of Oklahoma. We better <laughs> right. be better than Arkansas. Uh, and uh, put that on a bumper sticker. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that brings us to Project Blue Sky. Yes. I am curious to talk about this one. So uh, I've heard that there is an exclusive top secret society of marketing, advertising, creative professionals in Oklahoma called OklaX. That is right. Yes. Um, you know, we decided... <laughs> to do this different. Um, you know, Oklahoma, we're pioneers. You know, we, we pioneer things. And we could have gone out and just hired a firm 
uh, for a whole lot of money to just tell us what our brand is. That's what some cities do, and that's probably what some states have done. We said, hey, let, let's have let, let's create a new brand for Oklahoma built by Oklahomans, and let's see if they'll give some of their uh, volunteers some of their time. Uh, and some people uh, said, hey, don't have time for that. And there was a whole lot of people that said, hey, our brand has sucked for so long that we need to do it differently. Uh, and I'm that blunt about it. I just am. Uh, I don't think we uh, do a good job in this state of bragging about what we do do well. Do Are there things that we need to fix legislatively? You better believe it. But we can rebrand our state at the same time. Uh, and so last August, we had our, our first OKLAX Summit where we brought together about 150 creatives from around the state of Oklahoma. Uh, we got recommendations from people. I personally recruited some of those people, got them together. We let them vent. Uh, we split them off into nine different committees, visual ID, verbal ID, uh, PR, advertising. And they've been really building this brand from scratch uh, ever since. And, uh, you know, as you all know, it's bigger than a logo and a tagline. That's what a lot of people will kind of gravitate towards. But this is really the beginning of the transformation, uh, what we have unveiled uh, with the mark uh, and the tagline. Uh, it, it's it's now the transformation of that. It's it's a better user experience on our websites. It's new welcome signs. It's it's uh, advertising campaigns in in uh, Dallas and Houston uh, airports and on their highways when you're sitting in traffic for two hours. You know, hey, if you lived in Oklahoma, you'd be at home by now. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> why, why do we not? Why are right. we not doing those things? Right. Uh, we should be. We we should be. Um, but but it of course is bigger than that too. I mean we we have just as good of a restaurant experience, just as good of an arts experience as those big cities uh, down there in Texas uh, with far less wait times here uh, in the Oklahoma City area or Tulsa area or other cities across the state. But we do a really poor job of talking about it. We're the number one new attraction in America. In America, one of 100 top places in the world, according to Time Magazine, That's the gathering incredible. place. Uh, just think if that was in Texas, what the state mm -hmm. of Texas would be doing, bragging, so, bragging about bragging that. Uh, and, and so, you know, over 2.5 million people have visited it. They're getting people there. <laughs> but we got to be talking about the things that we do do well. Um, and, and I think with the new branding effort, that's what I've been so proud of. First off, that these we came, people came together to build this. Uh, and, and people are around the country in the advertising world are pretty fascinated that we were able to do it that way. But I think it shows our diversity. Uh, I, and, and really to retain and recruit talent to any state, you got to show that you're a diverse community and a welcoming community. Sure. And we're the most diverse state in the country. I mean, 39 sovereign nations inside of one state. Uh, it's larger than just our native our native native sovereigns. I mean, thriving African American community, Indian community, um, and, and those are things Hispanic communities. But we don't talk about it, and we need to talk about it because this is not just the crossroads of America; it's the hub of America, and any business can thrive here and succeed here, particularly from diverse communities. And I think our brand really captures that uh, with, with the color uh, that, that we show. And, and I think that's why it will be, it, there'll be some longevity to it. This podcast is going to air after the brand has been unveiled. So you've kind of hinted at yes. what this is going to look like. Yeah. Tell us about the Oklahoma brand. Sure. So, you know, the mark, you know, I kind of start there. Uh, you know, we, we, from all the research that we did, people loved the original state flag. Everyone always talks about that original state flag with the star, the 46, and the red. 
Um, well, we didn't want to just have a red flag because, frankly, it'd be a whole lot of OSU alums that don't want to have the you know, a crimson anything. Yeah. You know. So uh, we were sensitive to that. But the star, we wanted to use the star. The, and it's the five-sided star. It's an American star. Other states use the star, too. It's not necessarily unique to Oklahoma, but here's where it is unique and, and what, again, what we're really trying to capture. Oklahoma is America. Uh, it's the melting pot. Again, I, I've said it, it's the hub of America. And we really want to plant our flag on that, that, that this is, if you want to, the American dream can still be realized here in Oklahoma. And so we pulled that original uh, star into the new mark. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that in the middle. You'll see chevrons, arrows kind of pointing inwards to, again, kind of capture that. This is the center of the country, the hub of America. And the chevrons are different colors. So this is a colorful logo. This is more colorful. And again, looking at all every other state, I would say it's potentially the most colorful logo in the country uh, when it comes to a state mark. We're the most, you know, 12 different ecosystems. Uh, again, as I said, 39 uh, federally fec- uh, recognized tribes. We're very diverse. And so the color palette uh, represents all the different things that you see in the state of Oklahoma, from our red dirt to our blue skies to our sand. People don't don't know that we have, you know, Little Sahara State Park. Uh, greens kind of represent kind of our military and our and, and certainly the, um, uh, the evergreens that we have around the state. So that's kind of what you see. Um, and again, those chevrons are kind of pointing inward. Um, it, it was interesting that the the, uh, the Native American Indian Cultural Museum that's going to be unveiled soon. They just did a rebranding, FAM, First American Museum, and their brand, their new mark. There's some similarities with our mark, and we did not mm-hmm. know that it would be that way. So there still is a Native American uh, feel to it as well, which we wanted to make sure that we captured. It's modern, uh, Oklahoma. The font uh, we really like. The K is kind of still kicking a little mm-hmm. bit, still kicking a little bit out, but it's, you look at the mark, it's modern, it's fresh and it's colorful. And I, again, that really speaks to, you know, I would always show everything to my 13 year old daughter. Uh, it, for, to, that was validation for me because really we're, this is for them. I mean, this is not just for, you know, we, we, we always talk about millennials. Mm-hmm. Millennials are almost 40 years old now. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, th- this, this brand and this, if it's going to work and work long-term, we're talking about middle school kids, uh, high school kids that, that we want it to be cool. We want them to think it's cool. So they'll wear it, <laughs> uh, just like is what, what happens in Colorado today. So that's the mark, uh, the tagline, w- what we really were trying to capture with that, we wanted to be very short first off, because we've had taglines in Oklahoma before Oklahoma is okay, is short, but it ain't good. Uh, so <laughs> we wanted to change that. Uh, but we wanted to still be short, but memorable. We wanted to capture the wow factor in Oklahoma. Because again, through all the research that we did, we all know the stories. When people are surprised by Oklahoma, when they come here, they you know the I had no idea. Uh, I'm tired of hearing that, but but that's what you still get. There's a surprise hmm. factor when you come to Oklahoma. But we also wanted to capture from an emotional perspective them imagining mm-hmm. that the American dream can still be realized here. Uh, states that have done rebrands well do it in an emotional way. It's not bureaucratic way. Colorado has really done this fairly well. Uh, and so because of that, uh, we had thousands, literally thousands of taglines that, that we uh, had to pick from. But the tagline that we kind of continued to kind of hover around was imagine that. Um, uh, there's a little swagger to it. 
Uh, Oklahoma City Visitors Bureau, we've learned uh, back in the 90s, used this, which I've said, well, hey, great. Uh, Oklahoma City realized that it was a pretty good tag. They used it for more from a tourism perspective. But again, it, it really tapped into, hey, there's amazing things to do and see in the state of Oklahoma. Imagine that. But I think it also really works well with, again, imagine that business in Oklahoma. Uh, you can imagine that American dream that you have right here in any of our 77 counties. Um, you know, we've had many people kind of tell us it kind of sounds like something Will Rogers would say, mm. uh, which I really liked as well. So the, the current tourism uh, tagline was come see for yourself. Uh, so imagine that's kind of a shortened way of saying, I think there's also a, a little bit more, um, not maybe swagger, but a, a modern way of saying, mm-hmm. um, uh, come see for yourself that this state, uh, is a wonderful place, uh, and imagine all the dreams that, uh, that you, you want to realize right here, uh, in Oklahoma. So the Mark tagline, it's out there. Uh, we are beginning with reskinning websites, all of our government mm-hmm. agencies, over 200 government wow. agencies, all have their own logo and some of them even have their own tagline. It's a real hot mess. Uh, We still want agencies to have their own identity. Of course we do. We're not asking them to change who they are. Uh, But we want people going to Oklahoma.gov, which by the way, it won't be OK.gov anymore. Uh, You can still go to OK.gov. It will redirect you to Oklahoma.gov. Why? Well, because we want to stop saying OK. I I just, it's a little thing that I think Mm -hmm. is a big thing. Uh, We are Oklahoma. Uh, we are not okay. Uh, and, and so that will change. Uh, and you'll start seeing uniformity through all of our government agencies, letterhead, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, staff badges, all of those things. Um, they've needed an upgrade for a very long time. State government uh, employees have told us we're ready for rigid guidelines. Uh, we're, I've been waiting for a new website for 12 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, but the proof's in the pudding. We, we've got to now actually deliver on this. We've hired a brand manager, uh, Amy Blackburn is uh, who we've hired to kind of be our brand manager. So listen, we're not messing around. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to implement this uh, and we're really excited to do it over the next three years. Wow. I'm curious to hear about the process for Project Blue Sky. Yeah. So it started with you assembling OKLA-X and then many, many months of you know development and testing and now you're at the unveiling. What was that process like? You know, um, some people have said I, I deserve hazard pay for for uh, going through the, the process. <laughs> that I'm and here's why. I mean, I you know, I, I I only knew enough to be dangerous. You know, I mean, I, I yes, I was an advertising major in college. You know, 20 years ago, and and it is a passion of mine. But I didn't work inside an agency. Uh, but I know I knew who did around the state that was really good at it. And so we were able to get all those people in a room. Now, some of those people that showed up at our summit, you know, were there with their hands crossed and, and they didn't uncross their hands. They just kind of wanted to see, hey, we've heard, you know, uh, people try to do this for a very long time. We just don't believe you. Right. Uh, there was a little bit of that. Not not, not a whole lot. Uh, and there was, hey, can you really do a brand when, you know, our education system is where our roads and bridges um, and I and I've, I've continued to say yes, we can. We can be doing both at the same time. So the process, you know, I didn't know most of these 150 people. Uh, most of them, you know, listen, I'm a registered Republican. A lot of them are registered Democrats or Independents. It was extremely diverse. I would say, and still to date, I'm a, I'm a year into this job. The most diverse room of people we've had in a room talking about the state of Oklahoma potentially, I don't know if I want to say ever, that may be a little strong, but for sure in this, in my one year in office, 
easily the most diverse room um, that, that, that we've had. And that was pretty powerful to see. Uh, and I think uh, you saw a whole lot of nodding heads around around the room saying, hey, th- this is a pretty big deal because we, we have not done that um, as a state. So the process at the beginning, th- there were some growing pains because, again, this has never been done before the way that we've done this. Um, you know, we did hire a firm, thankfully, to facilitate this. You know, Operative is the name of the firm that we hired, uh, and they weren't from Oklahoma and a lot of people say, well, why did you hire someone not from Oklahoma? Well, we didn't want to pick someone from Oklahoma because we didn't know if we'd get the buy-in then from Oklahoma companies. Moving forward, there's going to be a lot of paid work uh, for a lot of companies around the state if we get money appropriated, of course, from the legislature to have those dollars. But we want, we needed someone to keep the train running on the track. Uh, and, and that was very important because you had 150 people. Some of them were more involved than others. Uh, and our team captains that we had, uh, could not have done it without them. I mean, Sarah Sears, who mm-hmm. uh, ran, uh, was our team captain for our, our, our visual ID committee, uh, rock star mm-hmm. uh, here in the Oklahoma City area. Couldn't have done it without her. Uh, but, you know, just she had 30 people on her visual ID committee. These are 30 graphic designers who all had ideas, of course, of mm-hmm. what the mark needed to look like. Uh, and, and so that process... Um, certainly there were some growing pains, but it ended up really coming together at the end. It really did. Um, and uh, couldn't be more proud. And I'm looking forward to doing more interviews, certainly with within, with national and international advertising magazines and others kind of talking about that process. So looking back, is there anything you would change or do differently from that process? You know, I, I, I'm, I've been asked that. I mean, probably at the summit, you know, spending more time talking about the mm-hmm. process, you know, because again, it, it, it did get off the tracks a little bit at the summit and that just, just kind of venting about the state, you know, right. that was, oh, you know, over a year ago now. And there was a lot of gnashing of teeth just legislatively at that time. Um, you know, we, but, but really, I, I don't think I would change much. I, I really don't. It was completely transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, very open, <laughs> Uh, anybody could see any of this stuff on our Slack channel. I mean, we every week we had 80 to 90 people, active people on that Slack channel from around the state of Oklahoma that were contributing right. to the brand. So from a transparency perspective, from just a collaborative perspective, no. I mean, I, I think we were, anyone who wanted to be involved could have been involved, even post the summit um, from, from that. But explaining the process maybe a little bit more on the front end, if we had you know, financially, would have would we have done even more research? Maybe, you know, we had a lot of research in the can already from commerce and tourism. Um, that was one other area. We had over 12,000 online surveys, uh, which we had people from around the state fill out, which was fascinating to look at and put word clouds together. But we really realized that we don't have a brand. So it's not like we were changing from something that was very well known around the world to something new. And because of that, we really kind of felt felt like we were starting from scratch to create the perception of what we wanted to do. So the branding reveal is planned. And of course, it leaks yes. ahead of schedule. Yes. Because of course. Yeah. Uh, but I have to ask, Lieutenant yeah. Governor, did you leak the new <laughs> Oklahoma brand? Yes. You know, I wish it was, that, that would have been a better story, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> controlled it, leaking. Controlled leaking, yes. Uh, the last it, focus group. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, it wasn't. But, you know, it's been, it, it's it's helped. It helped us with the launch because it, it was great to get feedback. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of focus groups. We did. Mm-hmm. We, we did a number of focus groups and, and got good feedback. 
eh, listen, when you put a logo and a tagline out there, and you all know this, it, you know, there's some people are going to like it. There's some people are mm-hmm. not going to like it. Um, compared to what, where we were at, it's very hard for me to believe that people want to go back to what we had, which was a low low resolution, you know, logo, four different logos at times on our website, uh, really no tagline uh, that, that, that uh, people could really gravitate towards. So um, we love it. Um, we know some people uh, may not. Uh, and there's always scoffers in the world. I think we all know that no matter what industry you work in, yes. Uh, yes. there's always scoffers. And that's the way that it is. Uh, but we love it that it's being memed and, and uh, any tagline can be parodied. I mean, Nike, just do it for goodness sakes. Um, that seems to, to stuck around for a while, though. So we love it, actually. I mean, the, the more people want to use it, uh, go for it, uh, because then it's really becomes water cooler talk. It's what people are talking about. And conversation it's going. It's a conversation. Yeah. Or that's really what a tagline is mm-hmm. supposed to do anyway. Um, Oklahomans will see that tagline some, but we're going to have a lot of different campaigns. I mean, we're in five different anti-business states right now with the Department of Commerce, um, you know, focused on states. We're so micro-targeted now, or it can be, uh, that we'll use our tagline, absolutely. But uh, there'll be other campaigns around the country that we use, too. Looking ahead at the future, what is this new brand going to mean for Oklahoma? You know, I, I hope just right off the bat, just, just, just instilling maybe some state pride. Um, you know, what I loved about, you know, Colorado's brand is that, you know, you, you see people wearing it and, and I don't think that's a small thing. I think that's a big thing when people are wearing the mark on the hat and the t-shirt, you know, they started with a flag and out of the flag then was the rest of everything that they, that they did, you know, and for us it was, it, it was a mark. And again, it is just a logo, but, but because we have nothing <laughs> that we're operating from now, I just hope it, it just instills some new fresh pride in the state uh, of our younger generations. Um, I think there's going to be some very creative ways that we use this. You know, I mean, again, if my 13 year old daughter takes the sticker and puts it on her, you know, Yeti cup that she's taken to, you know, Jinx, uh, you know, ninth grade next year, that for me is the win. I mean, that's the win. Um, If they're wearing it on a hoodie Mm -hmm. and everything else. uh, Yeah. Hey, I'm proud to be an Oklahoman and Oklahoma is pretty darn cool. Uh, because I'm watching this average, you know, this this campaign over here. I had no idea. Imagine that we had X, Y, and Z. I, then I think we're tapping into the power of what this campaign and this branding effort could be. So coming from an ad background, did you have a lot of influence in building the brand, or did was it more just Oakleg took the reins and then you kind of oversaw everything? You know, it's funny. It it was very hard for me to not, you know. Um, it, it, put, put my judgment out there, you know, early and often. I mean, I was involved, no doubt. Uh, but I, I wanted the process to play out. I mean, I, I wanted the visual and verbal ID committees to bring me those ideas. And that's really how it happened. I mean, you know, we sat together, uh, out of the, each committee, they kind of came up with their top four designs and top four taglines. Then we got the captains together uh, and they pitched us uh, on these, and then we kind of gravitated towards what we gravitated towards. Um, I was involved in, in that process, yeah, absolutely, um, but uh, didn't build it, uh, and nor did operative at all. I mean, they they were not uh, did, were not in the creative space. It was just making sure that the facilitation was was what it needed to be. But I, I mean, I'm I'm again very lucky that I was able to do it um, because I learned a ton. Uh, about how the process works and how to build a brand. It was great. So besides the brand, are there any other efforts to bring tourists to Oklahoma? 
You know, there are, there's a lot. Um, uh, you know, we, in the state of Oklahoma, your entire marketing budget to invite people to the state is $5.75 million. That is the entire promotional marketing budget. That, that account was capped a few years ago before we came along. Uh, Texas spends $41 million a year. Uh, Michigan spends 25 to $28 million a year on that pure Michigan campaign. <clears throat> um, you had, um, there's a, we're the lowest in the region outside of Kansas. You know, God bless Kansas, bless their hearts. Uh, they don't have a whole lot to, to advertise in Kansas. <laughs> we need to be spending more than $5.75 million right. marketing yeah. in the state of Oklahoma because we have so much to market. Mm-hmm. I mean, no state can match our heritage and our history. Not another state. Can, can, can tell the story of how of, of, of America, um, from Route 66 to the Chisholm Trail to our Native American history to Black Wall Street. I mean, it, it is amazing uh, what uh, the stories that we can tell. And uh, we can create a whole lot of sales tax revenue off of it. But what, what we have to be able, we have to be spending more money. And, and I, it, it doesn't all come down to money, but, but when it, from a marketing, we get all that money back. The ROI is huge, about a seven to one ROI. Uh, so we will we'll maximize every dollar that we have inside the tourism department to to promote things. Um, you know, some of our anchor projects, certainly Route 66, we have more miles of Route 66 than any other state in the country, and it sells. Uh, that mother road and 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 is really has a resurgence right now, and this centennial is five years away. So we're really going to take advantage of that. Uh, we have a fishing trail right now that's returning a 60 to one ROI. I mean, it's just off wow. the charts. These I are mean, some good ROIs. Oh, yeah. I mean, paddlefish down the trout, you know, you can kind of do it all in Oklahoma. Uh, music trail, just playing to our strengths. Why are we not, again, mm. really going all in on the music trail? Tennessee has, and Tennessee's reaping the benefits of it. So those are things that anchor projects that, that we'll be pushing. Thankfully, Visit OKC is on fire right now in a very good way. Uh, Visit Tulsa is also doing some really special work. Uh, but they have really good... I mean, they got some marketing ninjas over there uh, in, in both Oklahoma City and Tulsa that are getting people to Oklahoma City. I mean, Oklahoma City, I mean, it's on it's on top 10 lists, uh, national and international magazines. It's I see like, those. That's incredible. It's like the hot place to go visit now, which is just awesome to see. Tulsa, um, number of new museums, and obviously you got the gathering place. So if we can get people to Tulsa and Oklahoma City and then they want to do a day trip, I mean, Pahuska and the Pioneer Woman is still one of the hottest plays in the country right now. Uh, Broken Bow, Oklahoma. If you haven't been, you gotta go. It's amazing. We have the stuff, <laughs> as I like to say. We got the stuff to sell, uh, but you got to give me a marketing budget to go do it, and and uh, we'll create a whole lot more sales tax revenue if we do. We should be a billion dollar state. Uh, that's what. That's kind of my goal. Mm-hmm. We generate about six hundred and seventy five million dollars in state and local tax revenue off tourism. Uh, no, one billion is a long way to go, but we sh- that should be a goal. We should be a billion dollar state, just state and, and local tax revenue. Not 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 talking federal dollars, but state and local tax revenue. There's no reason why Oklahoma should not be a billion dollar state when it comes to creating revenue off tourism. That's a fantastic goal. Yeah. So if you were a tourist for a week, yeah. Knowing what you know, what would you do? Where would you go? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I mean, I grew up in Tulsa. Um, uh, but I, you know, probably I'd fly into, so if I'm a tourist outside the state, mm-hmm. right, yes. I'd fly into to, to Oklahoma city. Um, again, it is a top 10 destination mm-hmm. in the country right now when it comes to things that can be done, um, and go to cowboy hall of fame, mm-hmm. 
and hit Oklahoma City, all the amazing restaurants that we have. I mean, you could spend a whole week in Oklahoma City, right. uh, but you can easily do a couple good days in Oklahoma City. I'd hit, I'd go from Oklahoma City, I'd do Route 66 to Tulsa, um, and, and everything between Oklahoma City and Tulsa, Luther, one of the cutest um, agritourism cities that we have, Stroud, uh, Drum, right? All of those places along Route 66, along that mother road are awesome. Spend a day in Tulsa, uh, downtown, uh, do the Art Deco tour, uh, do the Outsider House Museum that just opened up, oh, do yes. Gathering Place. Um, uh, you know, Western Oklahoma, you know, to do it in a week, you could do again one night in Tulsa and one night in Oklahoma City, uh, get up to see the mercantile in Pahuska, and then, you know, do Western Oklahoma. Uh, and if you have time, go back down to, uh, which again, Western Oklahoma, it's some of the best stargazing uh, sites in the entire country. Again, people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. You can see actual dinosaur tracks in Western Oklahoma. It's the coolest thing ever, like actual dinosaur tracks. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Broken Bow. Uh, and I'd spend a whole week down in Broken Bow, man. I mean, Broken Bow, it's, um, it, it's again, top top three destination in the, in the state. Uh, it's one of the... F- 50% growth year to year wow. from last year to this year. Uh, Texans go down there and spend a whole lot of money. Uh, <laughs> and we like it when Texans come here and spend <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, but they're kind of tr- creating this new 30A. 30A in Florida, you know, off uh, uh-huh, the seaside uh-huh. area. Like, like yes. the, it's kind of like they've got this 259A thing going down there. And this Hocha Town is Hocha Time <laughs> is what they call it. And uh, really good branding, like awesome branding. So, Go see those uh, the couple that started the Hocha Time movement. If you go down to Broken Bow, I'm sold. I'm going. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. You can do Oklahoma in a week, but it's tough. It's tough. You know, stay here longer. It, it, you got to stay here longer. Yeah. So we're just about out of time, but before we go, I just kind of want to know what's next for you. You know, uh, the the transformation, as I call it, with the branding effort is again since we just unveiled it. Now the transformation happens. Um, you know, we're putting up new Welcome to Oklahoma signs. Uh, in Oklahoma, uh, our welcome centers, uh, those of you all that, uh, that are listening to this that say our, our bathroom facilities, our welcome centers are, are embarrassing. I hear you. Uh, I am listening, and we're going to fix those things. Do those things matter? I think they do. Um, as your lieutenant governor, I've visited every welcome center in the state, and we've listened to the people that work at those places uh, to, to, to fix them. Because, again, Crossroads of America, we got a lot of people beating up our roads and bridges every single day. And they're buying a bag of chips, a tank of gas, and they're going to the bathroom. And that's all they see a lot of times in Oklahoma. And we're not showing them a good product at all right now with any of those things. So the welcome mat, as I like to say, as I like to call it, no pun intended there with uh, my name. But <laughs> the, 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 the welcome mat for me, the, these first six months to a year uh, in 2020, uh, it is, is really the priority. And, and we can vi- we're going to visually be able to change a whole lot of things really quickly um, that, that are going to be pretty fun moving into 2020. You know, the OKC and the Wheeler District, the, you know, just that mm-hmm. OKC out there where people can sit inside of the O and take a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people ask for at our welcome centers. Well, I want to take a picture in front of something that says Oklahoma. Well, let's do that at our welcome centers. Mm-hmm. So it's all of those welcome mat type of things that really show a, a much better product when you cross over that invisible line in Oklahoma. That's a big part of my job in 2020. And right before we go, we're starting a new thing. So if you had to come up with a tagline just for yourself, 
what would it be? <laughs> well, maybe I already, maybe I just did. Oh, Matt Pinnell, the welcome Matt <laughs> of Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, my tagline on, on my campaign was, if you want to sell, vote Pinnell. Um, <laughs> and I still use that every once in a while, too. But, uh, yeah, the, the welcome Matt, it, it, it's happening in 2020. Okay, great. Well, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, thank you. And to all our listeners, thank you so much. And hope you tune in next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the RFP wherever you get your podcasts and give us a follow on social media. We'll catch you next time.